the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praising. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray as being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Recovery and Restoration. Those who know me know that I am an unabashed lover of God's Word, the book that's also called the Book of Promises. That's because it's full of awesome promises that God has made to me and you. Promises of things that God's willing and wanting to do for me and you that'll be an absolute blessing to me and you. One of those awesome promises is to bring recovery and restoration of all that's been lost and or stolen in our lives. To be recipients of this promise, all we have to do is to believe that God's promise of recovery and restoration is true, cooperate with Him, and do whatever He wants us to do. And our God will do what He promised He'd do. That is, bring recovery and restoration into the lives of me and you. So, without further ado, let me share today's message with you about what the Bible has to say about God's awesome promise of recovery and restoration. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Luke chapter 8, verse 14. He said, and that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and Here's another one he added, pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to, per, to, to perfection. Well, sometimes it's even the pleasures of life that can get in the way. Well, we become hedonists and we get so concerned about us receiving this and enjoying this that we somehow or another miss out on the joy that God gives to me and you and then stop having the joy that we used to have because now we're, you know, enjoying ourselves with the things that God gave us. Sometimes, you know, you know how it works. You've been around the church for a while. Sometimes God can even bless people right out to church. Praise God. He can bless people right out to church. That wasn't his intention. He blessed people with what it is that they wanted, what they asked for. But they got so excited about getting what they asked for that they ain't coming to church no more or doing what it is that they used to do, you know, before he gave them what he gave them to do. Yeah. Whereas they get to enjoying the pleasures of this world. Praise God. Or they're sitting up playing you know, video games, praise God, and shouting about their high score and stuff like that. But yet when they look at Joe, it's got a low score. It's not, it's not even there no more, whereas they're just concerned about everything else. Even many of the things that God gives that he wants you to enjoy, but not to take his place and not to get in the way of what he wants to do for you on a given day. Is anybody listening to me up here? Because sometimes it's riches and the pleasures of life that can get in the way of you receiving the joy that God has for you in your life. Because the joy of the Lord is replaced by the pleasures of life. The joy of the Lord is replaced by the happiness that we have in life. 
So because of those happenings are happenings, then we're no longer plugged in to what's necessary to get the joy that we're supposed to get. And we're so satisfied with the happiness that we ain't even noticing that there's joy. It's not there until the happiness goes away. And it ain't nothing there like it's supposed to be because joy is supposed to be there regardless. Sometimes it's another thing. Turn to Romans chapter 8, please. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. Here's another one of them things that sometimes causes it to happen. Whereas the joy don't manifest like it's supposed to. Romans chapter 8, begin reading at verse 35. It reads like this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Then a series of questions is posed. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril? Or sword. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, 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 we all know that there's two ends to this thing. There's, first of all, God's end. So the answer to the question is, who can separate us from the love of Christ? On God's end is nobody. Ain't nobody that can separate us from the love of Christ. God has has made a decision to be with us, and no matter what happens, no matter whether that list and other things that ain't even on that list happen, God's going to still be right there with me and you. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. He'll never let anything take us, praise God, you know, away from him because nothing can pry us out of his hand. Praise God. But there's a second side to this, and that's us and the decisions that we make. And so if you ask the question then, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trials and tribulations or persecutions or afflictions or peril or nakedness or sword and wide-hipped women and nappy-haired folk, you know, stuff like that? Can anybody separate us from the love of Christ? The answer to that is, Yes, it can. Because many times the stuff that's in our life, the people that's in our life, the things that happen in our life, separate us from the love of Christ. I thought we was talking about joy. Well, joy is the first manifestation that comes after love. Because if we plugged into God, locked into God like we're supposed to, then the love of God will be able to flow into me and you. And the very next manifestation after that is joy. And so if the joy is gone, it must be because the love is gone. If the joy is gone, it must be because there's a disconnection from God. Because remember, Galatians chapter 5, turn there, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Galatians chapter 5, I love the Lord. Anybody here love the Lord? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. Eastside Detroit says, show enough is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. So the fruit will manifest once we get plugged into God and open to God, connected to God and open to God. Love begins to start manifesting us because God sheds his love abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost to the point that we feel the love of God, experience the love of God, which gives us the ability to love God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and love our neighbor as ourselves. And then the manifestation of that love that occurs after that is joy because we got joy when you are connected and open to God. I said, when you're connected and open to God, because joy is a manifestation of the fruit love. Well, if that's true, then no joy or little joy is an indication of not being connected and open to God. Because somewhere along the way, many times we lost our connection. Somewhere along the way, we lost our openness to God. Somewhere along the way, we ain't open to God like we was back when we had all that joy. And now we going through the motions, but we don't have the connectedness and openness that we used to. 
Do you know, I know you know this, but I just want to say it just in case somebody don't know this. Do you know, I know y'all know this, but just in case they put this on the radio, I want them to hear this. Do you know folk can show up to church every single service and still be disconnected and not open to God? And, are, and one of the ways that you could tell it is because they got no joy. Because in the midst of a place where it's supposed to be a joy depository, in the midst of a place where it's supposed to be a joy enhancer, there's no joy, which is an indication of separation and, and lack of openness. Does that make sense? Because if the love was there, the joy would be there. Something has separated us from the love of Christ. Now, I don't know what it was. I don't know whether somebody said something, somebody did something. I don't know if somebody didn't say something, didn't do something. I don't know whether because you're doing something and you're thinking too hard about how you got to do that something rather than just let God do it through you because, you know, you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's affliction or persecution. I don't know whether it's your nakedness. Hurry, put on some clothes. I don't know if it's nakedness or somebody else's nakedness. I don't know what it is. But sometimes we get separated from the love of God. And so because of that, the joy don't manifest like it's supposed to. Because if we were connected and open, God's love would flow into us. And the next manifestation would be joy. But I got good news. Even if we are not receiving the joy that we, have, that we used to, and we're not walking in the joy that we ought to, it can be restored back to you. Turn to Psalms number 51, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Psalms number 51. I love the Lord. Y'all love the Lord? We got something in common. Psalms number 51. David understood this. He he was running through everything on that list and some daily. So at once while he found himself in a position where he he didn't have the joy that he used to, but he knew what to do. And he put it in scripture so we can know it too. Psalms number 51. Let's begin reading at stanza number 12. It reads, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. O God. Thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord open thou my lips. And my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Of course he asking God to do something he's supposed to do himself. Praise God. But what he's basically talking about is once he gets his heart right like he's supposed to, then he can be able to give God the praise and glory like he ought to. But he begins this thing with stanza number 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. See, we can pray for the restoration of joy, of the joy of our salvation. We can pray for that. We can ask God for that. So if we ever are missing that, we can say, hey, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. If we ever see ourselves getting a little low, then we can say, yo, God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. If we're walking around with a frown in manifestation, when we're supposed to be in joy because of our salvation, we can say unto the Lord, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. In fact, just in case the person next to you is is shy and they don't want to say it, everybody say it. Say, Lord, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we want him to do that. Because when he does, he'll begin to flood your soul with what's necessary to be able to get you back in control so that you can then be able to have the joy that you're supposed to. He'll flood your heart 
with the part necessary to be able to cause the joy to be able to start springing from you like it ought to. He'll, he'll prime the pump. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And go ahead and allow you to be able to then overflow and gush forth with the joy that you're supposed to. So that that great joy that the angels sang about can be the same thing that you sing about because of the joy that you have for him too. Mm-hmm. Turn to Psalms number 35, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Psalms number 35, stanza number nine. It says, and my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. Notice, and my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation, which means before we get to rejoicing in, from, in, in our salvation, our soul has to be joyful in the Lord. Your soul has to be joyful in the Lord. See, because when those people thinking about all the cares of this world and all the other things, that means their mind is on everything other than their salvation. The mind is on everything other than what has already manifested in their life, and that's their salvation, which is everything that you need in order to be able to succeed in everything that God has in store for you, which is more than enough reason for you to be able to walk around with joy all the days of your life because of what God has done, is doing, and is going to do for you. But because of that, our souls are thinking about anything. In fact, many times our our souls get double-minded. Well, we're thinking about our salvation and what God said to me and you, but we're thinking about everything else, too, that's taking us away from what? We're thinking about that, but. We're thinking about what God did, but. And we're thinking about that, but. And before you know it, you done messed up. Because the Bible says a double-minded man should expect to receive nothing from God, not a zero, not a single thing. Praise God. That includes the joy that's supposed to be manifesting that he would gladly bring. Why? Because you're thinking about everything else. He told us what to do. He said, keep your eye fixed on me, and I will do what? Keep you in perfect peace. Wait a minute, peace is the third manifestation. So that means in order for the third one to manifest, the second one had to already manifest. Praise God. Is anybody listening to me up in here? So if he keeps us in perfect peace, then joy is going to be in our lives already. Praise God. But if we take our eyes off of him, like some of us do, and start focusing on everything else other than what he told us to, then we end up messing up and then ended up and, and, and cutting off the joy from being able to manifest in our own lives, where it actually becomes something that we do or don't do that causes it to be able to happen to me and you. See, rejoicing is the response of a person who is joyful. Rejoicing is the response of a person who is joyful. When you've got a person who's joyful, then it's going to be respond with rejoicing. Rejoicing is the verb. Joyful is the noun of what's manifested in the midst of our lives in such a way which is in our mind, especially if it's in your soul. When it's down in, when it's down in your soul, when it's, when it's filling your soul, then that means what you think about. It then triggers your emotions. And then before you know it, you got some rejoicing going on. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. That's what was happening when we doing praise and worship, praise God. When y'all started, got to thinking about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you, your soul was crying out, praise God, hallelujah. Glory to God. Y'all was singing, y'all was, y'all was saying, y'all was, y'all was trying to say, praise God, you know. <laughs> I didn't say try to sing. I said try to say. Praise God. Hallelujah. He was singing. He was making a joyful noise unto the Lord. He was grinning about it. Praise God. Everybody was grinning about it. We, we are blessed people. See, rejoicing is a response of a person who is joyful. 
their being joyful comes out in their actions. Whereas they just begin to live it, give it, because they're so full of it. Well, just like you can look at a person's face and see what they're full of. Well, amen. Because a lot of folk know how to get their face right when they play poker, but when they step away from the poker table, their face go back to the way it was before. And you can like, oh, Lord, you can tell, tell, tell what's on their mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. Turn to Psalms number 132, please. Psalms number 32. Let's move along. Psalms number 132. Got some territory to cover. Psalms number 132. Now, God made a wonderful test statement about his saints and what was going to happen to them. That we need to understand and let it happen to me and you. Psalms number 132, stanza number 16 says, I will also clothe her priests with salvation. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Because mm-hmm, we his priests that he's clothed with salvation. And her saints and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. Look what happened after he clothed with salvation. He is shout aloud with, with, for joy. Why? Because God clothed you and gave you a new outfit. Come on now. Anybody remember back when you, used to, when you was a little young head, praise God, and you used to get some new clothes for Easter? Everybody remember that? Praise God. Hallelujah. We didn't think it was called. We didn't know nothing about Resurrection Day. All we knew was Easter. But you get some new clothes. Get your Easter duds. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man, you was walking around just grinning. You was just, you was just living life. Shoot. Hair combed, brushed. Praise God. And hallelujah. Back then, men had their hair cut. I ain't trying to say nothing. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm testifying at that time. That's why I said that. Praise God. Amen. Back then, the girls had uh, barrettes and stuff. Amen. I ain't talking about nothing. I ain't trying to say nothing. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm just testifying at that time. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. I ain't saying nothing about this time. I'm just testifying about that time. That's all I'm doing. Don't try to add, put words in my mouth. Praise God. I do a good enough job of it myself. Praise God. Amen. Back then, you used to be all spiffy, praise God. You used to walk around with joy the rest of that day, just grinning because you're looking good. God said, I gave you something, too, on Resurrection Day. I gave you an outfit. It's called, it's called, it's called the clothing of salvation. He gave us the robe of righteousness. Shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And, for, and since we live in a, na- a dangerous neighborhood, he gave us the blessed breastplate of righteousness, Kevlar of righteousness, to be able to guard your heart. Gave you all kinds of stuff, too. Gave you a belt so your, you know, your stuff ain't hanging down, you know, pants on the ground. He put a, he put a belt on you. Hey Amen. And that's something. A belt is biblical. Hallelujah. Not trying to say nothing. But a belt is biblical. So it's keep your stuff up so you don't be tripping and falling and stuff like that. And he also gave you a helmet of salvation. That helmet of salvation sits on your head. All sweet on your head. And when it sits on your head, all sweet on your head. Everywhere you go, it's there. So that it can impress upon your mind all the time that you're saved. So it can impress upon your head no matter what 
is happening on what folks said that you're saved. It's that it's always there, that as you move, you remember it's there. Because if you got a hat on your head, you ain't going to forget that the hat on your head. Hallelujah. You might forget your watch is on. You might forget your necklace and your bracelet is on. You might forget. Hallelujah. But you won't forget your hat is on. You, you got a hat on your head. You know about it because it's always pressing down on it. Just like you know when your wig is on. Praise God because it's, it's always pressing down on it. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's just a hat with hair. Praise God. Amen. That's what <laughs> A wig is a hat with hair. Praise God. Amen. That's all it is. Anyway, that's another story. We ain't got to. But you, uh, but you know it's on. But you know, that's the point I'm raising. You should know it's crooked too. Straighten it out. Praise God. Hallelujah. But <laughs> don't you feel, don't it feel crooked? It's okay for you to wear your head, your hat cocked to the side. You don't wear your wig cocked to the side. <laughs> It's hard to be cool with you. Leave it alone, Rodney. And the point I'm raising is, is that when it's on your head, you know it. So it's constantly reminding you of something. It's constantly reminding you of something. And the re- one of the reasons for the helmet of salvation is to be able to constantly remind you that you're saved. So everywhere you go, no matter what you do, you always remember I'm saved. Which is supposed to restore the joy of your salvation on a regular basis. Because it's supposed to be a joy that's attached to your salvation. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting love. God loved you. That's why he gave salvation to you. Praise God because it's an expression of his love. And then when you receive that salvation, he shed that love abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Praise God and flooded you with that love so that you can be able to know you loved and, and, enjoy, and, and, and just feel the, the, the emotion that goes along with being loved like that, which is joy. Come on, you know there's joy attached to being loved. That's one of the ways you can tell when folk fall in love with folk, praise God. When somebody's sniffing around them, you can tell because they just walk around with a, with a grin on their face. Praise God. They just... The rest of the time they do. But now that somebody's sniffing around them, straighten their wig out. Praise God. Amen. It's... Oh. Slap a little rouge on him. Hallelujah. Lip gloss, something. Praise God. Amen. Make sure that thing is all right. Praise God. <laughs> it's a joy attached to it. Praise God. Got me somebody. Hallelujah. I still got it. You know, all this kind of stuff. You know, I'm chose. You know, all that kind of stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. But there's joy that comes along with all that love. What's well, the same thing that when we understand how much we are loved by God? That should bring a smile on your face all the time. Just the fact that we are loved by God should put a smile on our face. That he thought enough of us to save us. Thought enough of us to save us. Come on, somebody got to be filling me up in here. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you are blessed by what the word of God had to say. I hope that you're seeing what the scriptures clearly have to say about the awesome promise of recovery and restoration that our loving God wants to bring our way. I hope even more that you're seeing that it's true that recovery and restoration are available to me and you. That's why I'm showing you scripture on top of scripture on top of scripture that clearly shows us that it's something that God wants to do. 
God wants to bring recovery and restoration into the lives of me and you, of everything that's been lost and or stolen from the lives of me and you. So let's let God do what he says so clearly in his word that he wants to do. That is bring recovery and restoration into the lives of me and you. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to send it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. If you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you through the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed when you do, and we will too. And since we're talking about coming through, there's something that I invite all of you ladies out there to do. We invite all of you sisters in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Blessed Women of God Breakfast Fellowship this Saturday morning. It's an all-you-can-eat breakfast that the brothers from Word of Faith prepare for the sisters of Word of Faith. That's the best breakfast in town. It's one of my sisters that you don't want to turn down. Then after we feed you naturally, we're going to feed you spiritually too with a powerful word from God straight from heaven just for the sisters. That's including you. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. It starts at 9.30 a.m. sharp and it ends at 12 noon. Don't be late. That's if you want to play. Child care is provided at no charge. Need a ride? VIP transportation service is available for this too. Ladies, I'm telling you, don't miss this awesome opportunity to allow the brothers from Word of Faith to treat you like the queens you are by preparing for you and serving you a breakfast fit for the royalty you are. So, if you're in or visiting San Antonio this weekend, come on through and bring some of the other sisters with you when you do. You'll be so glad you did, and they will too. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.